What's up, everybody? This is The Greatest Show on Dirt coming to you live from the Sweet Bee Studios. I'm your host, Quentin McCree, and I'm here with Courtney. What's Hello. up, Courtney? How's good it morning. going? Good. Good, good. We are um, ready to talk some baseball. We had a big weekend of baseball, so we're going to talk about uh, some Chicago Cubs, some Los Angeles Angels, and some Atlanta Braves. So those were some big matchups. We did watch the Cubs game last night. We did. And it was Memorial a pretty good Day. game. It was a pretty real good game, actually. If Albert Almora makes one more like crazy good catch, I don't know if there's a baseball that can be hit to him that he can't catch. Yeah, he had some pretty good. He had some good hits last night as well. And, oh yeah, and he was fielding like a madman. Yeah, I looked at some numbers on that earlier. He's batting like three twenty three right now. Really? Yeah, yeah. And that whole stretch when him and Javi were batting one and two, I think it's one of the best one two combos in all of baseball. And really re-energized the team, I'd say. Javi hit a three run. Javi run. hit a yes. three run. Yes. And I think what was so impressive about it, which you had noticed that when it happened, was it was an opposite field home run. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned oh, Joe what, Madden called it. What Joe Madden yeah, said that pre-game. Was fun. Because he had a mic on. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it wasn't pre-game. It wasn't pre-game. Oh, was it during the game it they was, talked about it? Yeah, no, so he was mic'd, and it was right before he was at, no, like he was in the batting circle, the batter circle, Ooh. and he was about to be at bat, and uh, Madden looked at one of the, I, I don't know if he looked at one of the players or the other coaches, and he said, mm-hmm. um, Javi was hitting like bullets um, to right field during BP. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as he went up to bat, he he did that. Yeah, and to me, that's always like a really good sign when a guy can go opposite field. Like, we all know the stories on Javi Baez, who is the true definition of a feast or famine hitter. So if he's not striking out five times in a row and literally swinging so hard his his shoes come off, you might as well call him shoeless Javi Baez because he swings so hard his shoes. Like, he swings right out of his shoes. Yeah. And But when he connects, you know, you can't. When he's on and he connects with the baseball, you can't deny his ability at the plate. Sure. And always, to me, a, a hitter that can go opposite field, It's he's not trying to make something happen that's not there with the baseball, but he's taking what he gets. Mm-hmm. And a lot of pitchers will pitch Javi on the outside of the plate because he's a chaser. Yeah. But at some point, Javi's not swinging at those at much, so you're going to have to give him something over the plate so he trusts that ball and he'll actually swing at it. And with that being said, he's he's putting the barrel on the ball and doing with it, he's going where the ball takes him. And that opposite field shot three-run home run, he's at this point runs an OPS of probably over 900. And it's not because of his on-base percentage, it's because of his slugging percentage. Yeah, I feel like his swing either looks really good or really bad. Oh, yeah. When he <laughs> connects, he's also, I realize this, he's phenomenal on holidays. Remember like two years ago on Mother's <laughs> Day when he hit that walk-off and then now Memorial Day weekend, like you put... Maybe he's like, shout out to the moms, <laughs> like shout out Dang. to the vets. Like, I don't know. Uh, absolutely. I think 100% he is. And <laughs> the Memorial Day jerseys were phenomenal. They were. Like, I'm borderline back and forth on I, if I need that Memorial Day hat or not for like $40. Well, we are going to Wrigley in a couple weeks, so that could yes, be fun. Yes, yes. We are going to record, actually, probably from the bleachers sure. and from the stands. So we've got tickets. It's June 6th and 7th, Cubs and Phillies, mm-hmm. which is so funny because I bought those Phillies tickets. Before Arietta was a Philly. Before Arietta was a Philly, but I think before anyone thought the Phillies would be good. Because, That's why we got him a little. Cheaper. Yeah. Well, when the Phillies hired Gabe Kapler, he's like, I, Gabe Kapler says, I totally expect for this team to be a playoff team. And I think everyone just didn't believe that everyone they laughed. Everyone like, LOL. They're like, come on, guys. You guys almost <laughs> lost 100 games last year. Right. But now, like, Philly is, they're back and forth between first and second in that division. Because mm-hmm. I think right now, the Washington Nationals are third. And then the Mets just, after they started 12-1, and one, they didn't do a whole lot of anything. But all of a sudden, now we're going to a really good baseball game. Right. 
And you've I'm got, excited. Oh, I'm super pumped. And it's my first time in Wrigley. First time in Wrigley Field. Are you excited? I mean, we went to Chicago during the World Series. Absolutely. But we were never, uh, we weren't rich enough to get in, <laughs> right? We didn't oh want to spend gosh. all of our savings to get actually in to the, uh, to the field. So we were outside the entire time. Yeah. But, so I'm excited to go now, um, be able to afford tickets and actually watch a game. I know, right? They're not $4,000 a piece. No. Remember, we watched that guy exchange literally a stack of cash. Yeah. I heard him count to 4000 Oh, yeah. Is he's giving the money out for one ticket yeah. to a guy at that point. I don't know if you know the ticket's real or not. Sure. But it's, it's like, like how bad do risk. you want to watch yeah, it? Yeah, worth the risk. Yeah. I'm, no, but they also did renovations to... Inside and around Wrigley. Oh, since inside we've been. and outside. There's like the park out there. Yeah, and there's, there's like a nice a hotel restaurant across the street. Yeah, um, so it'll I, be fun. I think the beloved Taco Bell they're tearing down and turning it into something else. A lot of people in Wrigleyville are kind of upset about that. Taco Hell. I'm Taco not. Taco Hell. Yeah. I think like <laughs> someone. I think Rizzo said he likes to go to Taco Bell from time to time in Wrigley. Really? And I'm like, that's risky before a game, dude. But yeah. <laughs> uniforms are white, kid. <laughs> and I thought that when you Darvish so was on the DL with the flu. Like, my first thought was, are you going to Taco Bell? <laughs> like, you can't be used to that food. They don't have that in Texas. No. But I did want to take the time to talk about the Chicago Cubs, right? Yeah. So, obviously, us being Cubs fans, we watch more Cubs baseball than anything. Sure. Um, I know this year we haven't been watching as much because we've been covering, like, all Everyone. the teams in baseball, which has been such a blast to do. But it's always exciting to talk about the Cubs. Last night's game was, to me, I thought we saw the best of a lot of good guys. Mm-hmm. Um, like Jason Hayward, who never really hits. Jason Hayward. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Jason I think he got the Hayward. barrel on the ball, too. It he, wasn't just like a lucky hit. Like, he, that was a good yeah, hit. Yeah, he barreled a couple balls. And I know both of us have always been real um, bullish on, like, Jason Hayward as yeah. far as what he means to the team. And um, I had talked to Cubs fans before, and... You know, they said, thanks for taking Jason Hayward because we, you know, glad we don't have to pay him that kind of money. I've never once regretted the Jason Hayward trade. I sound... Oh, from the Cardinals. Well, not... I'm sorry. It wasn't a trade. It was a free agent signing. And I've never regretted that because, you know, not to sound like an angry old man goose gossage, but I love the data and the numbers. And obviously you see right now that Jason Hayward, all three years has been a below average hitter, but there's a certain amount of leadership that comes into the dugout with that. And they don't win the 2016 World Series. They don't go to the 2017 NLCS without everyone coming together, good or bad, right? Addison Russell, whatever, below average hitter. But it's these guys are family now, and I think it's important that they play together. Let me ask you this. Do you have an opinion on if they should go after Manny Machado and make that big move at shortstop for that rental? Because he, you know, was a free agent at the end of the year. Have you thought any about that? I'm always hesitant about rental players, honestly. Yeah. I'm not sure what it does. Like, I don't. I, I could see, I could see the argument, like, "Hey, let's let's do it," just mm-hmm. because it'll get me one step closer. But I don't know overall if it's the best decision, only because I've never been a fan of just rental players. Like for Aroldis, like, yeah, I think he got us really far, but yeah, I'm absolutely. not. I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of rental. Rental agreements, whatever. Not especially in like, this situation. Do you get situation. your deposit back if they don't? <laughs> no if kidding, they don't perform, right? like I don't. Because, know. like, I mean, the Dodgers had that with you, Darvish, last yeah. year, and I mean, that happened. They probably and, want their deposit. I mean, we'll try to unpack the you Darvish situation, but Aroldis was a glaring need because you had Hector Rondon, and that was when he started to like go south because he right. had all the tricep problems, right? Right. And you needed Aroldis because that was a glaring need, but. To insert Manny Machado in the lineup at shortstop for a rental is going to entail you giving up, and I don't know if the rumors are true or not, but generally if they are, that's got to be what they think 
Um, I can't think of the GM of the Orioles' name off the top of my head. But always the rumor is he's going to want Mike Montgomery, Addison Russell, and Albert Almora Jr. Yeah, there's just no way. It's yeah. not worth it. Albert Almora is making Jim Edmonds yeah. like catches in center field. He yes. flies every time he makes a catch. He spreads his arm and legs like he's Michael Jordan. Right. You could take his silhouette and put it on a shoe and sell a ton of them. And I don't get rid of him no matter what because of his defensive abilities and because he's hitting over 330 right now. And also, one of the knocks on Almora is he can't hit left-handed pitching. So a lot of people say, well, Albert Amor can't be your everyday center fielder because he's so bad at hitting lefties. I've always thought that a lot of the players, if you platoon a guy too much mm-hmm. and you're going to sit Kyle and Albert out because a lefty's pitching, if you do that enough, they're going to automatically think they can't hit lefties. Right. You've got these guys that are 24, 25 years old that are still young enough to increase their ability, not be stuck in old ways, and adapt. Mm-hmm. And you've got to give that player a chance to adapt because if you've got a player that can't adapt, then they're never going to be good anyway because those righties are going to attack them different, kind of like a Mike Trout, Aaron Judge scenario where those are two guys that can make adjustments, right. slump, and then get good and do it all in the same year. So I agree with you on the rental thing. I don't think it's the right idea. You don't break the team up. And you I think don't. there's way too much potential for those players as well. Like, I think Omara, like what you were saying, I think mm-hmm. he's a really, like, important member of the team. And I also yeah. think that, like, there's so much potential in him to trade that for a rental player. For me, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I even really think Addison is pretty important to a certain extent. You know, the numbers will tell you that. He's okay. He's not batting a lot. The defense, I think the defense is coming down. I've seen him this year, and even last night he double-pumped the ball, and Pablo Sandoval ran out an infield single, which was, one, super impressive because that panda can run. But I just – but I, <laughs> I, can I tell you that Pablo Sandoval is he's he's all of a sudden turned into like I want to compare him to Bartolo Colon because he has such a phenomenal personality. Right. When so when he he pitched a few weeks ago and I might be able to find the clip of it on my phone and he had a phenomenal curveball. He he had an inning a scoreless no hit inning he pitched hmm. and had a phenomenal curveball. Right. And post game the reporter goes, "So how'd you learn your curveball?" And he responds, he goes. You don't learn that curveball. You're born with a curveball that good. Yeah, he's so fun. He played his second career game at second base last night, made a couple awesome plays, ran out an infield single for on Addison Russell, who's got a cannon. Right. Addy was playing a little deep. But the numbers to me, and this is always a concern because the Cubs are in third place right now. Right. So do are we worried about the Cubs? I don't know. I feel like they even last year they didn't have a great uh first half. Mm. So I feel like not really. I'm not worried. It's too soon. No, I'm not worried. I read an article on The Athletic that was pretty good. And it basically, the message was this. The Cubs over and outperforming all expectations in 2016 set them up for this. So you had a 2015 Cubs team and a 2016 Cubs team that that outperformed every expectation. And when you looked at their age, you said, well, these guys play like they're vets. Yeah. Look at game six and game seven that, oh, shoot, they had to win games five, Five, six, six, and seven. seven, yeah. That in itself with two guys that were over 30 probably, like that's a lot. And the Cubs team, they won 92 games last year. 
and played in the NLCS. Obviously, they didn't have the gas to beat a Dodgers team that was super hot. Yeah. But don't sell the Dodgers short. They were by far the best team in the National League last year. No, yeah, that's why I'm not worried. And I, and the Cubs started off pretty similarly last season as well, didn't they? They weren't too hot in the beginning of no, the season. No, you know, at the All-Star break, they were under 500. Yeah, that's and, what I'm saying. Yeah, and right now, I think so they're I about... Like they'll, they'll rally. Yeah, right now, they're five games over 500, and I don't have the run differential ahead of me, but I'm wanting it. Their run differential is pretty impressive, and I think it's the best in the NL Central. Hmm. The, what it seems like, the thing that's letting the Cubs down right now is starting pitching. So... What I look at, Hendricks is pitching well. He's got a low three ERA. Lester's in like the mid twos. Mm-hmm. Both of their ERA plus numbers are good. But when you get outside those guys, you've got Tyler Chatwood who's walking. He's walking batters like it's a competition with somebody. Like he, <laughs> he can't get enough of the walk. Like he just does it. Remember that? He's We're going to sound clip that and yeah. put it on Instagram. I was really, I belted it out on that one. Yeah. But Chatwood's having so problems. You Darvish is what confused me, right? So. Chatwood's being Chatwood right now. He's walking a lot of guys. There's some mechanic problems. They say uh, Mike Montgomery's going to start today. So whatever. Like, your number five guy, you can insert Montgomery in there. Let him perform and be cool, right? Sure. The one guy that I think I'm worried about is you, Darvish, and Jose Quintana. Okay, so Jose Quintana was brought over for Eloy Jimenez. So he was, I mean, the Cubs like over. Real, real good prospect who's probably going to help the White Sox get to a World Series at some point. Yeah, I'm not impressed with Quintana at all. Well, he's he's not... It's it's hard for him even to finish five innings. He's got an earn-run average that's almost five. And what makes me nervous about that is I watched a lot of White Sox baseball in 2017 because I knew Hawk Harrelson was in his last year, so I wanted to watch a lot of that. Yeah. And Jose Quintana was having those problems in the American League where... He would get to a certain point, like runners would get on base and he would get flustered. And that's kind of what you're seeing with him. Where Why do you think the Cubs wanted him so bad then? Here's the thing about Quintana. He's put together all-star campaigns to where this is the American League, so you got to face the DH. He's can throw over 200 innings and give you a low to a mid, you know, 3.3, 3.2, 3.5 ERA. So when that transfers to the National League and you don't have a designated hitter, and especially when you get into a Cubs system that's really good at developing people, you are looking at a guy that probably could have came over and given you 200 innings at a three-flat hmm. ERA. Okay. But somehow it's not transferring over, and it's kind of – and I begin to wonder if – you know, we saw this with, like, Justin Wilson, who still this season's walking a ton of guys. He was completely ineffective last year. Well, I don't even think he pitched in the postseason. I wonder if guys are coming to Chicago, and now the Chicago Cubs, like, it's a different place to be because – they're the team that everyone talks about. You right. know, they're still a very much up and coming team. They're still. So you think it's like choking or something? I begin <laughs> to wonder if it's kind of like when, like Sonny Gray pitching for the Yankees yeah. right now, and he's he's not pitching good, and like Giancarlo Stanton going to the Yankees and not hitting to his full potential and having all those four strikeout games. Well, what about Arietta going to the Phillies? I mean, maybe that's a that's a helping your argument. I because isn't he doing better? With the Phillies yeah, that he did with he, Chicago? Yeah, that's a good point. Here's the thing with Arietta. Arietta, his mental toughness is always there. Yeah. Right? My, he has confidence when he shouldn't even be confident. He, he does. He does. <laughs> He'll go out there and give you five innings of six walks and six runs and come out and be like, I did great. Just didn't work. I'll see you next time. Yeah. Like, nothing, I'm still the best. <laughs> nothing stops that Texas kid. So <laughs> when you look at guys like Quintana and you Darvish, like, I know they carry themselves like they're a little timid. Sure. 
and I, I, I think the stage is getting to him a little bit. Mm. And at some point, I just wonder, like, you, Darvis is hitting the disabled list again. So he's got, like, tricep tendonitis or something. If there's a – I don't think the Cubs have the starting pitching depth to, like, give these guys a break. Right. But something's got to happen mentally. Like, I don't think it's – a mechanical issue with Tyler Chatwood. He's always like walked a pretty significant amount of guys, but now like his weakness is just up. And it's like, okay, like you're in a, you're on a pretty big stage. You go to Wrigley and pitch in front of, you know, 45,000 sold out every night. Right. And then with Canton and you Darvish, you Darvish, especially coming off his postseason, that was, I'm one to forget. <laughs> and I just begin to wonder like if, if he was just shaken up or something, if these guys don't need to, I don't know what's happening when they're getting ready, but me and my brother talked about this like on the last episode. When is there a point to win? Because you, Darvish, says he's still changing his mechanics. At what point do you just go ahead and acknowledge everything's working good with you, right. and we need to talk about this from a mind level? Right. I know Theo. Like, let's not try to tweak this. Like, you have the mechanics. Something yeah. else is happening. Yep. And it's almost a matter of just like freeing your mind and possibly changing your process before the game. Um, Maybe they should meditate. Starts. I, I, honestly, I think something I know in team I, yoga. Oh my gosh, I would totally be on board with that yeah. because with you, Darvish, especially, it's a mental thing. Sure. When you got a guy that can spin a baseball like a wiffle ball and almost <laughs> like spin the whole thing in a big circle, the stuff is there. But when he gets to the fourth inning of his last start, yeah, which I think he pitched maybe six good innings. Anthony Rizzo went to talk to him during, I think, the fourth inning because he started to shake all of a sudden. He was shook because wow. he knew, like, this is the fourth inning. And I so think it's totally mental. I believe with all three Cubs pitchers, it's 100% yeah. mental. They need to saw. Joe Madden, they've got to change the in-between-the-start process. Do something different with the guys. Like, I don't care if it's like... Get them let drunk. Him, let, no, him go out, <laughs> let him go out and take BP with the big dogs and just, like, take a full day of BP. Right. Because here's what I thought, right? So, for example, you have Pablo Sandoval. Mm -hmm. He's doing a lot of different things right now. Second base pitching, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And he's kind of, I don't think his stats are like anything too impressive. I think they're better because he's in better shape. But you can't doubt if if the changes to his numbers are like very small, I, which I think they are, they're still better. He's still in better shape and he's having more fun playing the game. So he's playing better. Right. And on top of that, you have guys like Otani and then Brendan McKay and the minors who are doing different things in between their pitching and hitting, but they're succeeding because I don't think they're concentrating on that one thing where all you Darvish and Tyler Chatwood and Jose Quintana can think about is not walking a guy, getting past the fourth inning, right. being productive. Yeah, they're totally in their yeah. heads. And if that can fix itself, the Cubs team's phenomenal offensively. I looked at a bunch of these numbers and you've got, I mean, Ian Happ right now has got an OPS plus a 132. He's 32% better than the average hitter in baseball. Right. Strikeouts or not, his on base is 366. That's real good. Wilson Contreras is starting to come around a little bit. Guys with an OPS a above 100, mm -hmm. you're in good shape offensively. Those guys include Wilson, Javi, Chris Bryant at 168, Kyle Schwarber. 
coming into the season, people were like, well, if Kyle can just be Adam Dunn, we're cool. He's better than Adam Dunn. He's been fielding good. An OPS plus a 137. He's batting 257 with a 507 slugging and a 385 on base. Well, maybe they should talk to him because I think during the offseason, he definitely, like, changed his life, right? Like, he lost a lot of weight. Like, I wonder what he's doing. Like, he just looks overall happier. He's mentally tough. And I think even Theo Epstein described him at one point as, like, John Wayne with a baseball bat. Yeah. And and that's a guy who's got a mindset of, like, uh, Jake Arrieta. Which is, and that's why Jake Aird is so valuable in Philly. Well, doesn't he do Pilates and stuff like that? I'm telling you, I really think there's something behind that. Jake Arietta, he does a lot of he, like, Pilates. He like places. He, he eats like he kale every day. He, he, he absolutely does. And I think Jake's really good at taking his head out of the game. Yeah. And looking at everything in the bigger picture. Yeah. And there's been a lot of question on now because you Darvish isn't doing so well. Like, oh, the Cubs should have kept Arietta. A hundred percent no. Arietta needed a change of scenery. And I still believe right now. Ask me the question, can can the Cubs bring out the best in you, Darvish? And I say if any team can, it's the Chicago Cubs. Mm. And I don't care what happens between now and the postseason. If they can win a wild card and get in the postseason, anything can happen. And that Oh, yeah, they're always a postseason team. 100%. And that clubhouse can change no matter what. Oh, for sure. Where they some, can change in an inning. We saw that in the World yeah, Series. Yeah, because this is such a young team oh, yeah. that's got a ton of experience. And you have leadership yeah. in the dugout coming from Hayward, mm-hmm. Rizzo, um, and when you have a player that has a neck tat of the MLB uh, <laughs> logo, there's no stopping that. Javi loves baseball more than anything. Right. I, if they oh, can't do it, no one can. I'm going to totally get that done. No, you're not. Absolutely. You're absolutely not. Maybe logo. like a sticker. Hey, yeah, listen. You could do a sticker. Can I do a sticker? Yeah. Like a temporary tattoo? A yeah. henna tattoo maybe? Yeah, maybe a henna. Could I get a henna face tattoo of like a baseball bat and like a flaming baseball yeah, or something? Yeah, you should totally do that. I'll do it And go to sure. work and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. they'll totally fire me for sure. They're like, <laughs> Sure. You gotta go home. You'll man. be on the podcast one hundred percent of the time. I think right now, if you can, you think of an MVP you would have on this Chicago Cubs team right now? No, I can't. I'd say Javi. Okay, I'm gonna go with Javi. I'm gonna put Javi and Al Moore. They're gonna be like my one A and one B because okay. with them being at the one two and when they're batting one two, the play that the Cubs are getting it's from these guys, I think, is unexpected. And they're gonna start to catch fire. But anything with the Cubs, I can think of. The bullpen is on point. I've watched Steve Ciszek pitch. That's the guy with the sidearm. Oh, there was a new he, pitcher last night that I had no idea who he was. What was it like Rosario? Rosario Rosa- or Randy something? Randy Rosario. Yeah, Randy Rosario. And we were like, who is Randy Rosario? <laughs> like Randy. All of a sudden, I leave the room and I come back and good old Randy's pitching. Let's look at Randy right here. He um, Don't know who he he's is. He's pitched four and a third innings this year to a 288 fielding independent pitching, less than a one whip. He struck out five guys in four innings. That's what I'm saying. He was like really impressive, but I had no idea. Any numbers on this guy? I had no idea who he was. He He's from the Dominican Republic. Debut last year. He came over from the Twins. Let me see if I can bring up his. I can bring up his minor league stats real quick. Randy Rosario, he's a 24-year-old lefty. He was throwing about 93 last night. Okay. Um, seemed to be pretty effective for the most part. Yeah, I enjoyed in him. Iowa. Oh, crap. So that's why they brought him up. This year in Iowa, he's pitched 19 innings to a .47 earned run average. Wow. He Go Randy. He is striking out 13 guys in 19 innings. He's only walked six, which is 2.8 walks per nine. I'll take it for a reliever. That's fine. Um, his whip's under one, well under one at like .82. He, well, I've always... How old is he? 24. Okay. Go I've Randy. always been cool with guys that don't strike out. 
like a lot of times, right, when you look at a reliever and mm-hmm. their strikeouts are less than their innings pitch, yeah. you want to wonder what's wrong, right? Like yeah. Aaron Hicks is doing it in St. Louis like crazy. Right. Where his strikeouts compared to his innings pitched are like real low. Like he's not a strikeout guy. But now in this game, it's not a bad thing because if you can get guys to induce in soft contact – flies and stuff like that yeah you're doing pretty good because there are a lot of pitchers out there that can strike you out but they're giving up a ton of home runs kyle hendricks that's what's hurting kyle is the home runs yeah um and that's what jake arietta is doing in philly he's pitching the contact yeah. his strikeouts are down and i'm gonna say maybe like his swings and misses are down but his soft contact he's kept low pitch counts all season yeah you were saying that yeah oh yeah I don't. I don't. Obviously. I mean, if you're grounding, like if yep. you're if you're pitching to grounders, then that's fine. Yeah, with Arietta, his strikeouts are down considerably, and but his batting average on balls in play is down. His ground ball rate is up, mm-hmm. and his soft contact rate. I don't know if that number is up, but it has to be because I've just watched him pitch, and he's never at this point. His last start was seven innings, uh, and maybe he walked two guys. There's a stat called an ultra-quality start where you have to pitch seven or more innings and give up two or less runs. Hmm. He's done that four times this year out of about eight or nine games started. That's interesting. That would have never happened It's a significant number. And what that is is I think because he's pitching to contact so well, he's keeping the pitch count low. Right. He's getting guys to swing because he knows, Jake knows that his swing and miss stuff is gone. Mm -hmm. That's what got him in trouble the past two years because his chase rate was so far low. But now he's kind of made that adjustment, and I think he's even throwing 95 sometimes this year where he's getting guys to bite on stuff, and <laughs> there you go. i to make sure this is still recording. You are listening to The Greatest Show on Dirt. Follow us. We are on all three social media channels. Thanks to Courtney. She's actually running this thing. I had to ask her the other day. I was like, what's an Instagram story, and how do I make it work? Yeah. So she's teaching me how to view <laughs> Instagram stories, which is really fun yeah. because you can just see, like, that was when you showed me Bryce Harper going to, like, in and out with mm-hmm. all of the uh, Washington Nationals players. For but sure. we are on Instagram at... You don't know your Instagram name? Honestly, I think it's Greatest on Dirt. I just have to double check. No, you can find us on Instagram at Greatest Show on Dirt. Mm -hmm. We're on Twitter. I think the Twitter's Greatest on Dirt. I use Twitter a lot, and I think it's Greatest on Dirt. We'll go with Greatest on Dirt. Greatest on Dirt is we can find us on Twitter. We just actually got 401 followers. So if you're listening to this, thank you for your follow. Give us a follow on Instagram because yeah, we're just starting Insta- out. Follow us on Instagram, Greatest Show on Dirt. And we, we put post- some good videos Yeah, up. yeah. And on Instagram, the plan is there's going to be like a little bit of longer content there. So we usually put like a picture and a video and then put some longer content on there. Hopefully we can start creating stories. Yeah. And this just proves that anyone can have a podcast. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Someone other than our parents listens to it. It's crazy. I know. And then, of course, on Facebook, you can just search The Greatest Show on Dirt on Facebook. And then, you know, we put some pretty good stuff up there too or whatever. Sometimes we'll do giveaways. We did a giveaway yeah. last um, – it was after the World Series. Gave away a couple of commemorative like Sports Illustrated issues yeah. with the uh, Chicago Cubs. So check us out on those places. We'll we probably do to- an Instagram giveaway here soon. We should. Just because we're so new on, on Instagram. What should we give away? Should we give away like a big like – Case of hot dogs. We're not going to give away hot dogs. You but probably we're gonna, can't. We don't have a food. You probably can't ship food, no. can you? We're going to give away something great. So give us a follow on Greatest Show on Dirt on Instagram. You won't be disappointed. I'm going to be running it, so we know it'll, there'll be more oh, interesting it, content. It'll actually be usable and fun now. So thank <laughs> you for that plug. Um, a prediction on the NL Central. Who do we think is going to take away this bad boy? 
Who do you think? Let's do this. Let's do our power rankings. Okay. In the NL Central. That's going to be more fun. Okay. So right now, you've got the Milwaukee Brewers are in first place, and somehow they are like 12 games over 500, and they're playing some ball. They've got starters that are pitching well. Junior Guerra, Yolise Chassin, I think, is pitching okay. Chase Anderson, Zach Davies, um, who looks like the son of Craig Council. That's really interesting. <laughs> they look just alike. They're both the littlest guys in the world. So here's what you've got right now. 34 and 20 from the Brew Crew. St. Louis 28 and 22. Cubbies are 27 and 22. Pittsburgh's 28 and 24. Now, since he's obviously going to be your fifth ranked team in the National League Central. I was right on the Cubs, by the way. They've got a plus 70 run differential. So here's how we're going to do this power rankings. We're going to take these teams right now, put them in a round robin. Okay. Who Who's going to come out on the end? So I would say the number four power ranking team in the NL Central has got to be the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, yeah. Because I don't think Hands they've down. got the pitching to hang. Jamison yeah. Tyon is kind of slumping a little bit from a pitching standpoint, even though he had a fairly productive start yesterday. But here's where it gets tricky. We just want to know who the one, two, and three teams are. Right now, in division, I do trust the Cubs to beat the Brewers when it comes down to it. Okay. And I, the Cubs are going to get their starting pitching ironed out. And I still think that the Cubs have better starters. And I know I'm going to go the Brewers is my number three power really? ranked team, which is crazy because they're number one in the division. But I don't, I don't trust them. I don't trust them. <laughs> I don't trust them. I don't, Josh Hader's really good in the bullpen. So they've got a one two punch of Corey Knable and Josh Hader. Yeah. The Cubs got a one two punch of Carl Edwards Jr., who's, str- oh gosh, he's. Maybe thrown like 14 innings and 30 strikeouts. I mean, Carl Edwards has got good numbers. And Brandon Morrow is throwing a strong 97. And he runs an ERA. What do we got here? Jessica Mendoza was talking about uh, Carl Edwards last night. And she was really impressed by him. Carl Edwards, 24 innings and 40 strikeouts. This is a Carl Edwards that's, you know, he was the guy that was set to close out the game in game seven. But Mikey had to come in. Yeah. Um, he's growing up, and he's finding himself. He's at a three ERA right now. He's pitching to a one thirty seven ERA plus. He's good. Yeah, he's pitching good right now. I just like watching him pitch. Brandon Morrow, seventeen innings. He's got a three hundred ninety seven ERA plus. That's to Pluto and back. And he's <laughs> pitching to a bucko four ERA. It looks like. So you put the Cubs at number one then? I don't still. I put, put the Cardinals. I, I put the Cubs two and the Cardinals one right now, because here's why. I'm more certain of the St. Louis Cardinals starters. Okay. Because I like Adam Wainwright, I think, being the mature presence. But I think John Lester is a stronger clubhouse leader than what Adam Wainwright is. But if you go past Adam and Kyle, or excuse me, if you go past Lester and Hendricks Mm -hmm. and look at what the Cardinals offer, they've got Jack Flaherty, who's pitching stellar. Luke Weaver, Alex Reyes is about to come back, Carlos Martinez is about to come back, and then there's Miles Michaelis is pitching good. There's a sixth guy in there that I'm forgetting. Michael Waka. They've got more. Oh, Waka. Waka, That's who uh, um, Indy Cohen named his dog after. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big Cardinals fan. Um, 
he, he, they have six really good starters. Yeah. And I think all the guys I named, I still didn't name Adam Wainwright, who can be one of those guys where some Cardinals fans on Twitter will tell you he's washed up. Right. But that's a guy that I think is so good and so athletic, I don't doubt him changing his pitching style and having a resurgence. So, so power ranking Cardinals number one. Yep, then. and it's because it's the starting pitching depth. I think the Cubs have a better bullpen, but the starters mm-hmm. for the St. Louis Cardinals on top of like the guys they have in their order, Jose Martinez is swinging a good bat. Tommy Pham, I love Tommy Pham. So I, that's what I'll do. I'll do the Cardinals one. And then I do have the Cubs, too. And that's kind of what we've got for the NL Central. This is The Greatest Show on Dirt. Thank you for listening. We're going to – we'll end this episode here, and I think the next episode will probably be recorded later today or tonight. We're going to talk about the um, two big matchups over the weekend is what we're going to talk about on the next episode, which is going to be the Boston Red Sox – or yeah, the – oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Yankees and Angels – and the Red Sox and the Braves. And here's the reason why like, I want to focus on those two teams mm-hmm. is because you've got the, the Atlanta Braves, who are a really young team, yeah. but have either the best record or the second best record in the National League. And what I'm so intrigued about that Red Sox matchup in Fenway, because playing in Fenway is such a ton of pressure. And it's interesting to see how this Young team did it, so we're going to kind of analyze how well they fared and if they're the real deal. Sure. And it's similar to that with the Los Angeles Angels because they went to New York and played, which is also a huge stage, probably the biggest stage. Yeah, I would Fen- say so. Uh, Fenway and Yankee Stadium have to be your 1A and 1B because if you're a young player, an up-and-coming team that's trying to make moves, and it's not that the Angels are young and like up and coming per se, but they're surprising a lot of people. They've been in first place this season and they're in the same division with the Astros. They've kind of slumped a little bit. So now they're down to third place. They're four and a half back of first because you've got the Seattle Mariners, surprisingly enough with all their injuries still holding down second. But we want to look at that matchup as well, because I think we all want to know how real deal Holyfield is. is this Los Angeles Angels team. So until the next episode, I am Quentin. This is Courtney. Thank you guys for listening. And we will see you next time on The Greatest Show on Dirt.